Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, If you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and Kyle take turns introducing each other to movies, and uh, in this way we catch up on our cinema. Um, So it is the month of April 2020, and uh, we have a monthly special event we do here on the show that we call Catching Up on Blu-ray, and essentially what that is is uh, we take a look at the physical media releases for each calendar month. Uh, If you want to follow along at home, most physical media releases occur on Tuesdays of each week. Um, So, like, right out the gate, uh, our first official release date uh, for the month of April uh, comes on April 7th. And uh, the first big title that jumps out at me right here is one that I've actually seen. Uh, And this would be Greta Gerwig's Little Women from 2019. I have a girlfriend, and occasionally I have to watch such films. <laughs> How was that? Um, it's pretty good. Um, it's not bad at all. Um, there's some really strong performances. I can see why the entire world has fallen in love with Florence Pugh. Um, she's very, very talented, and she gets to do some of the things that I feel like maybe she has a unique talent for. She's very good at being petulant. <laughs> like That actually is a skill. Um, she's good at being bratty. Um, and she does that in Midsummer, but in a more solemn kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that gal has had like a hell of a year or two where she's been getting some big roles. Like, yeah. if not for all the current situation business we have going on, uh, that's you know basically shelved all the movies that were intended to be coming out in theaters these past few months. Um, she's in the new Black Widow movie, so she's set to be part of the MCU. That's a pretty big um, deal. More than likely a major part of it because she's, you know, an up-and-coming young actress in Disney. Uh, if you're not familiar with how they work, generally that's their bread and butter, <laughs> um, pushing young young up-and-coming talent. A community came to Netflix, so we've been, I mean, I own all the seasons already, but now it's on Netflix. I got to go back and watch it again. But I have, like, a, a community subreddit, and the Russo brothers uh, were executive producers on that show. And if you don't know anything about them now, they're they're dabbling in the MCU. So uh, somebody was pointing out how a ton of characters, or a ton of actors from Community have shown up in the MCU now. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of in, in lots of bit roles. Uh, Abed is in uh, a movie I don't think you've seen, but I rank it among the very best of Winter the MCU. Winter Soldier? That would be, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. Got that just one. a bit... He's just got a bit role, but it's like, hey, that's Abed. I and think, even I, who've only seen like half a season of Community, I was like, I know him. <laughs> See, Joe McHale's too funny to put in the MCU. I don't think you can, you can't, I can't take him seriously. I don't know if you could put him in there as a serious guy. Well, funny enough, I mean, he, he was in the pre-MCU. Uh, he was in Spider-Man 2 in a, oh, in a bit yes, role. yes, yes. He was a bank teller with uh, slippery fingers. <laughs> Aunt May had to slap him on the hand there because <laughs> he was trying to pocket some change. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like his personality maybe is a little big mm-hmm. to the point that if you, pu- if you put him in there, it'd have to be in a in a significant role. He'd actually have to be like a name character from the Marvel Universe not just, you know, an anonymous guy like like in the case with Abed and a few other bit players from community. Mm-hmm. But um I mean, Ken Jong, like Dr. Ken, do you think he could fit in the MCU? He is. He actually is. He's just in disguise. Oh yeah, them. that's right. He he's the hands on the hips guy in uh, Endgame. Is that who he is? He, I, I somebody showed a picture of it. I couldn't rem- I couldn't remember seeing him. I I know exactly what you're talking about. He's in the opening um when Ant-Man first reappears in the movie. 
um, Ken Jong is like the security guard at the junkyard or whatever. I, he doesn't have any lines. He just puts his hands on his hips and just like even at 200 paces, that silhouette is like that's Doctor Ken. That's Ken. <laughs> like, I, I, I missed that part. That was the only part of in game that I missed. So like, it's funny. Oh, I was gonna say it's funny. Like that is maybe the only movie I've ever seen where I took a strategic pee, mm-hmm. where I, I actually researched a little bit. Like, <laughs> when is a good time to pee? Because I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. This movie is too fucking long. Yeah. And so I actually found an article that said, you know, if you know you gotta pee, this is probably the best scene to do it during. I think I either knew Paul Rudd was about to come in, or Paul Rudd had just come in. I'm like, I'm done. Uh, I gotta go pee now. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't care about his character at all. It's like, do you want me to tell you what happens? No, I don't. Care. I told you about that when I went to see John Wick three. I had to go pee during, uh, during a scene. When I came back, the guy sitting next to me told me what happened, which was really nice. I didn't even ask him to do it. It was just so thoughtful. That's a cinema rock star right there. Right. <laughs> the the world needs more of that. <laughs> um, can we jump over to this next uh, this Arrow release? Is that Linda? Bu- 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 I can't think of her Blair? name. Blair. Yeah, Linda Blair. Uh, let's find out. Uh, so this is a Arrow release. Uh, Beyond the Door from 1974. Um, it is an Italian film. Uh, hmm. I want to say that's Arrow's bread and butter. Um, not really recognizing any names here. Uh, Juliet Mills gets top billing. Uh, Elizabeth Turner is also listed in there, but no Linda Blair. Okay. Um, although some of these still images make me think that uh, this may have taken some inspiration from uh, the from The Exorcist. Yeah, it definitely looks like. Although it. 1974, uh, I want to say that's like made around the same time. Yeah, I think it was like I think Exorcist was 73. Yeah, it's kind of a striking cover. Uh, it's hand drawn and uh, it kind of makes me think of like a gorgon like a medusa basically mm-hmm. um but yeah it has a very strong exorcist vibe uh looks like they're doing a, a john carpenter slash stranger things with the font here um but yeah that arrow arrow generally puts together really wonderful packages even if the movies themselves aren't anything to write home about mm-hmm. um and beside that uh, we have a movie that I probably will subject myself to at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to find a special opportunity, but this would be uh, Tom Hooper's Cats yeah. <laughs> um, from 2019. Nothing about that looked interesting. Um, I never wanted to watch it. For some reason, when I was a kid, I wanted to watch the Andrew Lloyd Webber's like actual like Broadway show of Cats. Like they had it on VHS or something from the store, from like the uh, blockbuster. My mom's like. You're not running that. Uh, not because I know, not because I don't think you'll like it. It's because I don't want to watch it, and I'm not going to sit through that. But yeah, I've heard that this is far worse than we think it is. Like it's one of the worst things ever. Um, for that, I feel like we shouldn't watch it because I feel like that's still a ploy. Like it's still, I think that's still a marketing tactic. It's like, well, this isn't going to be very good, but. Like we've talked before, like I feel like for the third installment of a major franchise or like the final installment, it doesn't have to be that good. The trailer just has to be good. You just have to make money. And if you if this is like, well, this is a train wreck. Like, well, let's fucking drive it to the ground, make it so bad that people come to see it. And I feel like this might be one of those things. I mean, you're not you're you're very much onto something. Uh, I don't know if there's any mastermind behind it or anything, or if or if any marketing dollars were spent on it, but. Um, during the Academy Awards, uh, during the Visual Effects Awards, um, 
they actually had uh, what's his face from the singing in cars with people. Um, oh, James, that yeah, I know. You're Corden, about. Fuck Corden, that guy, right. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rebel Wilson, they had the two of them on stage, and they actually threw some shade at the visual effects team for that movie. Ooh, um, who who were working under the the worst of circumstances? Because if you've seen any footage of the making of that movie. Uh, they did no favors to the visual effects team for a movie that is a essentially one giant special effect. Mm-hmm. They they gave them nothing to work with. They're just like, so we're just gonna film some stuff, and we're not gonna like put dots on anyone, or you know, put them in in the gray pajamas that you know almost every visual effect is based on these days. Um, no, we're just gonna shoot some stuff, and you have to hand animate all the all this dance footage featuring multiple people on screen at once. Good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they actually threw some shade at at the special effects people, and I was like, that's fucking rude, man. Yeah, I don't like him, and now I don't like him even more. Well, I he's not part of my world. Mm-hmm. Um, I I pay no mind to him whatsoever. Uh, my no girlfriend shit. actually did go see cats um i think she slipped some booze into the theater with her friends <laughs> and they had a, a grand old time um other than maybe watching it with her this is not something i would i would waste my time with and you don't smoke pot so i mean there's really no reason for you to watch it <laughs> Um, but the train keeps a rolling because right next to Cats, uh, we have a movie that has maybe an equally bad reputation. That would be Doolittle. No, twenty twenty. All he has to do is make movies for kids now. Like he got enough. Like all the Marvel movies were for kids. That's why he's there. He's there for kids and adults. Now he's like, I'm just gonna have do kid movies because that's where the money is, and I can, they'll pay me whatever I want to do these movies. Finish the fucking Sherlock Holmes movies, dude. Come on. <laughs> I like how you, you phrase it finish as in finish the, this was a thing that that was it was a foregone conclusion trilogies trilogies need to happen damn it <laughs> seriously like, uh yeah i mean i i didn't know who directed this so i just clicked on it now um it is a gentleman by the name of Stephen gaggin or goggin um he did traffic which is supposed to be a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Rule, Rules of Engagement, which is okay. Um, the Alamo, which is not good. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, Syriana, which I've heard is good. Gold, which, uh, as far as I understand, nobody saw, but um, it features a bald, balding Matthew McConaughey, which is an interesting look for him. Hmm. It's from 2016, so it was you know like when he was on the cusp of you know. Becoming a real boy, becoming yeah. a real actor. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, oh shit, abs are hard to keep up. <laughs> it's like, I should, you know, try my hand at this acting thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie, as far as I understand, was on the shelf for a little while. Hmm. Like, it took a, it took a couple years to get released. Um, similar to Underwater, which I think is on the release calendar for this month. Is that um, Kristen Twilight? Krista Twilight. <laughs> I have a buddy who said that was pretty. It was it was a good time. Like it was it was a fine enough watch. So I might give it a try once I get through my Shutter subscription. Oh, I've already decided in my mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna rent it. I'm gonna pay a trip to the old uh, Red Box there. Um, but moving on down, uh, we have VFW from 2019. This is a movie that I would also rent at my local Red Box. Um, just the the cast of like character actors here just to list them off here we have Stephen lang william sadler death himself <laughs> martin cove as in uh, i believe that's the the cobra kai instructor from karate kid 
Oh, okay. Fred Williamson, who is also in From Dust Till Dawn and many, many, many black exploitation movies. Um, as far as I understand, the setup for this movie bears some resemblance to From Dust Till Dawn, so that's an appropriate choice. Uh, but yeah, this just seems like a like an '80s throwback, like blood and guts action movie um, in an isolated location, which fits the theme for our programming this month. But I'm not about to force that into our release calendar, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I would watch. Um, and Kyle, uh, we have our first Criterion release beside that. Yeah, this one's actually been on my list for a while. Uh, Army of Shadows. Uh, Jean-Pierre Mel- uh, Melville, um, he's done a ton of... I think he's got like his own like his own wing in the Criterion collection for, uh, for <laughs> stuff. Um, I There was something about this movie. I had seen either a, another film that he had directed or something, an, uh, an actor... I watched, oh, yes, yes, yes. I had watched, um, uh, oh, for crying out loud, I can't think of it. Diabolic, um, which is a Criterion uh, release, which is a, it's an old French horror movie, which is actually pretty good. I thought it was, it was, it wasn't super scary. I could see it being scary at the time, um, but the actress, Simone Signorette, is in it. She was like one of the main characters in it. So I'm like, oh, that looks like a good movie. But yeah, this isn't one I'm necessarily going to buy. But it has been on my list of one of the Criterion films I do want to check out. Okay. Well, I mean, I know you're a Criterion fiend, so mm-hmm. I, I you know, like make it a point to point out every time we have a Criterion release on the calendar. Um, so we have some re-releases of some older films, some not-so-older films, but ones that I re- don't really see a need to go into detail about. Although this one, Bo Guest, uh, stars Gary Cooper, That's asshole. Gary Cooper, <laughs> You beat me to it. God damn it. <laughs> There's Gary a lot Cooper of Gary asshole. Cooper movies this month, apparently. <laughs> I know nothing working about Gary Cooper except look, that line. Working hard to look like Gary Cooper. <laughs> See, you know more than I do, because <laughs> I don't even have that. Um, yeah, we have a whole bunch of re-releases of 1930s films. Uh, Supernatural, The Lives of a Bengal Lancer. That is a fucking awesome title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel, Murder, He Says, from 1945. Uh, man, a lot of re-releases. Uh, come on, let's get to some new stuff. Oh, uh, Terror Train got a new release. Um, I don't know if this is this movie's first time on Blu-ray. Um, I've heard actually this is not a bad slasher movie. Hmm. That's from 1980 on the nose, and uh, looks like what well, Gene Shalit is the slasher yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um, but Shallot. <laughs> uh, I've I've heard it's oh, not bad man. though. As far as early slashers go, it, it's got some good kills in there. Hmm. Um, yeah, what else we got here? Um, something for me and no one else. Um, Gundam X, the first half of the series. Um, mm. This is known as the Gundam series that was never finished. Um, apparently, the ratings were very poor in the mid '90s in 1996. And, uh, yeah, the studio said, fuck it, we're done. (laughs) So I don't know what the last episode of the series, like, how it ends. But as far as I know, the the writers and the directors working on it were kind of pissed. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, we done wrong. (laughs) But, um, oh, uh, we have a Daniel Radcliffe movie. Mm. Um, He's, he's, what, Robert Pattinson's on a hell of a role, but Daniel Radcliffe is, like, very quietly on, like, a, it's not quite a role. It's kind of he's just kind of like crawling along, like parallel to Robert Pattinson. I think he's doing better than Elijah Wood as far as his post franchise career, but yeah, Robert Pattinson I think is killing it as far as the post uh, post franchise career. 
Daniel Radcliffe does, has a, does have a couple of movies I want to check out. I haven't seen them yet. There's one where he's like an undercover, he's undercover uh, into a group of like neo-Nazis. It looked pretty tense. Um, there's that jungle movie that I've wanted to see. Um, I saw Swiss Army Man. It just, I couldn't get into it. It was a little, it just wasn't for me. I, I there's, a, there's an audience for it, but I was just like, eh, this is kind of silly. Yeah, it looked beautiful, but just based on the trailer and again it's just a trailer i like paul dano quite a bit i think he's a fantastic actor Um, he's not a selling point but Mm -hmm. every time i see him i i pay special attention to him because he's very talented but yeah just watching the trailer i was like you know this is probably objectively good like it's probably just a quality product but it's not for me so i just didn't bother with it yeah that's one of those i was like i i kept it at arm's length for a while i'm like you know what i'm eventually going to watch this and like it looks like it's gonna be a good movie, and then when I got into it, I'm like, eh, this is just, yeah, oh well. Yeah, it, you know, they can't all be win. They can't all be winners. Yeah, but this this movie here, this Daniel Radcliffe movie, is from 2020. It's called Escape from Pretoria. <clears throat> and Kyle, what jumps out at you next? Um, the absurd horror double feature. Um, <laughs> it looks like porn. And, and I'm not even sure if that's softcore porn, Trevor. I think that might just be porn. I think that is straight up porn. Yeah. Kyle. Especially if you <laughs> click the link and you see other related films, probably from the same people. Yeah, I think that's straight up porn. Interesting. Yeah. And it's like, I want, Kyle, I'm curious. You think movies that look like this, do you think they're shot on cell phones or do you think they have like mini DV cams or like hand, Sony handy cams or I, how do you think they shoot them? I think, you remember those like cameras that you could just take pictures but you could also just kind of record as well? Like just old digital from like 2006. I think it's shot on those and they actually have like a tripod that they set it on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, they don't have one of those. They have like a rod that they, they stand it up on. It's like still wiggly. But, yeah, I could totally see them going to, like, their local value village and, and just grabbing whatever camera. <laughs> or better yet, shot on GoPro mm. the entire movie. <laughs> like, handheld GoPro. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the rest of April 7th appears to be anime releases. And if you if it's this is your first time listening to a Catching Up on Blu-ray episode, we tend to skip over... Um, anime stuff mostly because I've, I've been out of the game so long that i don't really know what's what to get hyped about um except in rare cases like with gundam where it's like you know that's something i will still show up for so i'll i'll say a thing or two but yeah there's a whole lot of anime that came out on april 7th but eh, we're not really going to get into that um but bopping on down to a uh, a midweek release um, i just want to point out one of the one of the covers here um, for something called hilarious um, on April 10th, uh, kind of an interesting cover. It looks like he was hand-drawn. Uh, I'm just going to read the description. It's hilarious uh, from 2019. Seven of the most legendary horror comedy shorts ever made. The stories from some of the world's best genre filmmakers feature a hilarious menagerie of zombie wives, amateur Satanists, res- reverse werewolves, cannibal lunch ladies, and more along with gut-busting gags, gross-outs, and gore. Somehow, I doubt that any of this is legendary. <laughs> um, but yeah, the cover art jumps out at you just a little bit. Um, but moving on down to the uh, the uh, next official release date of the calendar month, that would be April 14th. Um, we have a pretty cool one that I 
I don't know if I would pay money to see this, but if this comes to like a streaming service or something, fuck, I'll watch this. Uh, Police Squad, the complete series. Uh, so this is a television series that preceded the Naked Gun series. Um, as far as I know, uh, the character Frank Drebin was dreamed up for the series, and the style of humor is very similar. Um, I would watch all of this and probably love it because <laughs> I love I miss that style of humor so much. I, I love I love like the the Zucker Brothers style where it's very a lot of sight gags a lot of shit going on in the background that you either notice it or you don't mm-hmm. and and you know Leslie Nielsen is just like I know he, he his foundation wasn't in comedy um, but as soon as he like made the full conversion holy shit like we we didn't know what we were missing yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of underwater uh, that comes out on April fourteenth and this would be. Kristen Stewart and uh, T.J. Miller. Uh, mm. Do we talk about T.J. Miller anymore? I don't think we're or is he on the blacklist? Uh, yeah, he had some um, some erratic behavior contributed to some kind of aneurysm or something going on in his brain, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." And then he kept doing stuff after that, so we're like, eh, "Maybe it's not that. Maybe he's just a piece of shit." So I still think he's funny, and I still think the things that he's good in, like he's funny in, are worth watching. I'm not going to, you know, run out and see a T.J. Miller movie, but I still want to see this. I've heard there's a Lovecraftian um, theme going on with this. Uh, I kind of hope not. (laughs) That's not why I show up for a movie called Underwater featuring an underwater habitat with, like, miners and whatnot. Like, in my mind, it's like, no, science. You, you have an underwater habitat with people doing some form of industrial work or something keep it or keep it oriented in the world of science like that that's where i think that particular story should remain um, but that's just my opinion um, as long as there are monsters tearing into people and maybe maybe a pressure related explosion of some sort mm-hmm. <laughs> um i'll be very pleased with this um i i am a mark in wrestling terms for uh for underwater monster movies uh, so, I, man, the more I keep talking about this, the more I feel like I should just run out and rent it tonight. Um, <laughs> but we have an Arrow re-release of 16 Candles uh, from 1984. I think that's one of the few... Is this a official Brat Pack movie? No, this is a Molly Ringwald, uh, and it's, well, it's got uh, Anthony Michael Hall, John Cusack, uh, Joan Cusack. Uh, it's pretty funny. I've seen the hell out of it. Uh, my mom loved it, and we've had it on VHS, and I've just... I know it by heart at this point. I've just seen it so many times. It was pretty funny. It's a it's a good little time. Um, is this is this Long Duck Dong? Yes, I've seen this one. Um, okay. I haven't seen most of the other Molly Ringwald movies from the era, but I have seen this one. <laughs> this is this is her best movie. No, it it, it was fine. It's, it was one of those things. It was on like TBS or something late at night. Yeah, I was like eh, it's got it's got. Almost boobs. Oh know? no, there's boobs. <laughs> there's definitely boobs uh, in there. This was cable though. It ah. wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like HBO. So it was like almost boobs. And you know, at the right age, that's all you need. To you can at. skip Breakfast Club if you haven't already seen it. I have not. Yes, so it's I guess fine. I'll, like, Don't worry about I, it. It's not very pie on my list here, but. Um, beside that, we have a re-release of V: The Final Battle. I don't know if this is a. If this is a debut on uh, HD, but um, V was one of those things that because of uh, VHS rentals and stuff, I feel like it was a big deal, but 
honestly in retrospect it probably wasn't <laughs> it was probably just a very striking cover it was like a tv like mini series event or something um and i think this was like the culmination of it but it's it's just like it's lizard people it's like battlestar galactica but with like lizard people or something and it was a big deal when it happened and i don't think it has that much of a legacy trevor i don't understand how there's so much sci-fi there's so many sci-fi tv shows uh, I don't understand them, and I don't understand the fan bases. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get through the next generation, like just the first season, and it's one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. But there are diehard Star Trek fans out there. So, V the Final Battle, I'm sure there are there's a group of people that love the fuck out of this series and can tell you every single thing about it. And I, you and I could probably not even sit through one episode of it. It's crazy. My my, my closest thing I've got is the X-Files. And I'm still working through Twin Peaks, by the way. I, uh, I'm i continuing along with that. Oh, good for you. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Even, this, even the second season, which has a spotty reputation, I still enjoyed it for the most part. I figured out you have to have headphones in for that show. Like, you... you the the soundtrack is so pre- like it's just ever present in that show it's just constant the whole time and it shifts and i find it it's much easier to pay attention and actually like kind of lose yourself in the scenes if you have the soundtrack just right there just, just with my 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 tv i just can't do it super loud like it just it's just not a good audio setup so i started watching it with my headphones in i'm like oh this is so much better <laughs> well i mean if anything like over the years i've learned that like what the what the mcu got caught window very very early on when they were building the foundation of it and pro wrestling for that matter is that every character is someone's favorite Mm -hmm. um and all it takes is just good character dynamics and you know finding the right people to latch onto those characters and there you go you have a series it doesn't matter if the the story in the grand scheme of things is has been dragging its ass for like five (laughs) years straight as long as the character dynamics are are still interesting and engaging your fan base will will keep coming back if you build it they will come <laughs> um but beside v the final battle we have another criterion release kyle is this one that's known to you oh no 1939 absolutely not yeah it's a little early uh destry rides again from 1939 looks like noir maybe looks like a noir no- noir western something along those lines yeah her hair oh yeah i guess his i couldn't couldn't see his tie his like ribbon tie uh, it looked like a noir, but yeah, it looks like maybe a Western noir. I don't know if that's a thing. Could be. Uh, it's beyond my, my realm of interest. Mm-hmm. But moving on, uh, we have Just Mercy um, from 2019. This would star uh, Michael B. Jordan and uh, Jamie Foxx and Brie Larson. Um, this was one of those movies that flew under, I think, everyone's radar. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, got very, very good reviews. Um, it's definitely like a heavy drama. So it's you definitely gotta be in the right mood for it. It's mm-hmm. like a le- legal drama on top of that. Um, I, I like last month I was really into legal dramas for some reason, but I I think that my mood just passed. <laughs> so it's like like maybe if this had come out last month I would have been running out the door to rent it or something. But for now it's just gonna be one of those movies. Legal dramas are kind of like sports dramas for me. Like I'd rather just watch the sport. Legal dramas are like you can find plenty of true crime and like actual legal like actual legal dramas to watch like docu series and stuff like that. Like so this is not one that I'm probably gonna visit. Also, he doesn't have his shirt off, and I find that his movies are best when he has his shirt off. No offense, but 
<laughs> Just saying. Well, he also has to share the share the stage with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, who, when he feels like showing up, can you know really occupy the screen? Yeah. One um, out of five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's when he decides to show up. Um, he, in interviews, I want to say Jamie Foxx is actually insane. Like, mm. he strikes me. As, I think it's really fitting that he and uh, Tom Cruise were both in Collateral together because I think they're both the same kind of crazy. Hmm. <laughs> where it's like they both have that like drive, that intensity. Where it's like, I don't think they inhabit the same reality as the rest of us humans. Like, it's yeah. like seriously, if you've ever heard Jamie Fox in like a recent interview, Mm-mm. he he is on a different planet. <laughs> like he's on he's in a different realm. Um, but beside that, we have something that has an amazing title: Captain Kronos: Colon Vampire Hunter, 1974. This looks terrible. Yes, it does. But that is a, that is a killer title, and it is a Shout Factory release. Uh, so that's that's worth getting excited about if you're a if you're a shout head or whatever. Um, and beside that, though, Kyle, we have a movie that might go on your list of potential watches if you haven't seen it already: uh, The Golem, maybe from 1920. Uh, this is a Kino Lorber release. Uh, I'm surprised, Kyle. I feel like this is like right up your alley. 1920s pushing it. But it's the Golem. It's a classic story. <laughs> Maybe. Jewish heritage, damn it. Get get some culture. <laughs> I've seen Schindler's List. <laughs> I haven't. I'm a bad person. I know. Um, and beside that, we have a re-release. I don't know, again, if this is the first time this movie is released in HD, but Sylvester Stallone in I See You from 2002. Um, I've heard this is awful. The cover <laughs> looks kind of cool. Um, it's been doctored a bit. I remember distinctly like what this movie, like the VHS cover for it or the DVD cover looked like. Um, I don't remember red let alone an X being part of the design elements. So they, they dressed it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I heard it was terrible. Um, 2002 was not a good time for Sylvester Stallone. That was like in his post-Get Carter era where he was kind of floundering a little bit. It was bef- between Get Carter and The Expendables. So he, he had a, a lull there. I've only seen two of his movies. One was when I was a kid, Cliffhanger, and then... Over the top. Those are the only two I've ever seen of his. Wow, that is not that is not a good sample. <laughs> like, like, like in in science terms, that that that's like a that's like not a test. <laughs> it's like your all of your data should just go right out the window because you you did not get a pure test sample. <laughs> um, what's the next one that jumps out mm, at you? Kyle? Nothing in the next row. It looks all like sleepy. Oh, it looks like I'm gonna be sleepy. Uh, I just want to point out that Homeboy from 1988 is not good. Um, but this came out in an era when uh, Mickey Rourke was uh, fed up with being a, a really, really handsome, really, really good actor, and he was like, "No, nah, I think I want to be a fighter." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this was a movie he made. I think uh, Christopher Walken is in there too. On paper, it sounds amazing. It's really not. Mm. Um, but I've seen it. Um, I checked it out, uh, and I'm really surprised that it's getting a Blu-ray release now for whatever reason. Um, yeah, uh, not a whole lot jumping out at me here. Uh, we have, I believe, a Criterion release. Um, no, it's an Arrow release. Uh, the Taisho Trilogy, uh, Seijun Suzuki. Uh, this is a big-name Japanese director. Um, 
mostly active in the 60s and 70s as far as i i understand but i remember in the early 2000s they had a movie called uh, pistol opera that got some some pretty big buzz um i'm not familiar with any of these movies um but that's kind of cool that they're all being released in hd um beside that we have death kappa <laughs> from 2010 um i don't know if this is any good although i suspect it's quite bad um it looks like it looks like the special effects budget is on the on the bad side of charming <laughs> which is unfortunate but yeah not a whole lot jumping out at me here so you want to move on to the next week yeah sure um we have a uh, off off uh off day release though uh april 17th god raiga versus king olga i think you pointed this out a while ago so maybe it got delayed or something um but these are uh independent uh japanese monster movies daikaiju movies mm. um tremendous cover art looks like it's done by matt frank um if my eyes don't deceive me uh, matt frank is a guy that's been doing godzilla fan art for years and in recent years he's he's been so prolific that like the actual studio like toho actually started working with him so just by being a fan artist like he he got a real life like art gig doing promotional art and stuff so this looks handsome uh, as far as i understand though it's it's independent japanese monster movies which means they had no money um i have no idea if these are any good but eye catching and i do love watching rubber monsters fight <laughs> and uh april 20th is ap- apparently porn day mm-hmm. <laughs> jesus christ <Yeah>. like <laughs> we have like nearly 15 porn releases all of which involve women female cage fighters yeah women wearing mma gloves and in cages um but it's most definitely porn (laughs) i mean and it it, looks like they use the diablo font (laughs) it may not be traditional porn but anybody watching it is busting a nut i can tell you that much oh yeah um for any fans out there, it is called Girl Blood Sport. Like I said, I am almost a hundred percent sure they used the Diablo font, um, which <laughs> Blizzard Blizzard's probably not very happy about that. Um, but April twenty first, Kyle, what's what's our big first big release for April twenty first? Bad Boys for Life, um, a movie that I probably will end up watching just for con like just to be a completist i've seen the first two i've seen the first bad boys movies bad boys movie a ton with my brother we've seen the second one a ton as well um we were big martin lawrence fans when we were younger um not so oh, yeah. much anymore um and of course big will smith fans obviously um but yeah i haven't heard anything about this and i think maybe um the uh, coronavirus might have <laughs> messed with this a little bit because i think the release was supposed to be when did this come out in theaters it wasn't affected by the virus. It, wasn't? it just flew. It just flew in under the radar. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, it. I don't remember the exact date, but it came out a while ago. Hmm. Um, this did get a theatrical release. Just I don't think anybody cared. Yeah. Um, well, because I mean, Will, that's what I'm saying. Will like, Smith. Yeah. This is we're gonna get woo Will Smith. Like this is this is why I would watch it because this is woo Will Smith. We don't get woo Will Smith anymore. Yeah, woo! We got <laughs> we got three <laughs> seconds of it in uh, that Suicide Squad movie where he gets excited about shooting the gun. We got it for just uh, like a brief second, and then this is I think we're gonna get it. That's why I'm gonna watch it. But that's it. Oof. Yeah, 
Uh, not to not to throw too much of a monkey wrench in your uh, enthusiasm level, but I have some shocking news for you that mm. I I learned um, when I was reading reviews for it when it came out in theaters. This is not directed by Michael Bay. Oh, yeah. Well, who the yeah, fuck that, directed it then? Um, two people I am not aware of: uh, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah. I have no clue who these people are, but yeah, when I was reading the initial reviews for it, um, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, hang on, what? You're making a Bad Boys movie without Michael Bay? I don't think you can do that. Like, legally, (laughs) I don't think you can. (laughs) Bad Boys is Michael Bay. Like, he, honestly, like, he, he is a huge component of what those movies are. Yeah, he can't come unless he explodes, like, he blows something up. Well, I I want to say that's why we got that six underground movie on Netflix. Mm. Um, is maybe he was ousted from Bad Boys, or maybe maybe there was some sort of kerfuffle, and he ended up doing that. Like he ended up running over to Netflix, and like, I mean, they they have a <laughs> reputation for just letting people run wild and do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe the producers were like muscling him on Bad Boys, and he ran away from the project. I don't know, but. That was shocking to me to learn that he wasn't involved in this, because uh, that f- the whole franchise to me it's more his. It's his movie. Than, yeah, yeah, it's, it's his movies, not not the titular Bad Boys. It's a Michael Bay joint. Yeah, <laughs> in Michael Spike Bay Lee terms, <laughs> or Michael Bay bottle of water, whatever he does. I don't know. Uh, he seems like I mean be- it, it. It's it's in Miami. Everybody's greasy. There's butts and tits in your face there's cars people getting out of cars yeah getting <laughs> in of cars getting out of cars there's an explosion there's a car Rotating explosion shots of people looking off into the middle distance like yeah he's the those movies especially that second one has a lot of strange angles um like we're really just we're on the ground looking up at people um, i mean half of the cinematography is centered around will smith's crotch yeah. and varying angles of it and yeah the sky is always that like weird painterly blue michael bay makes handsome movies but in the ugliest of ways <laughs> no, but... um this movie it, the budget was around 90 90 million it it grossed uh, 419 million so it did just fine okay uh, I mean, I will watch this. I will show up for fucking bad boys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not good movies, but they're entertaining, and they they have an identity. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's actually very important when it comes to franchise filmmaking. If I know, if we all know what it is, that then you've solved a huge part of the riddle. The problem with the movies is the dialogue, not the banter necessarily. It's the dialogue because I remember there was one scene in that first movie. Where they're like, this is messed up. You know what? This is fucked up. And then some ladies comes in. You're right about that, detective. And you're like, really? That was... It, for Even as a kid, I'm like, that's a dumb scene. Like, that's a dumb... <laughs> that's a really dumb segue. Um, but this next one, The Gentleman 2019, this is Guy Ritchie. Um, this is one I, I've heard of the same source that told me about the, the, the Twilight Girl movie. Um, he said this is actually pretty decent. Uh, he watched it while drunk. Uh, <laughs> it kept his attention, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think this might be possibly one of Guy Ritchie's best movies in years. Because uh, I can't remember the last one I liked of his. Yeah, I remember seeing a trailer for this when it before it came out in theaters. And I, I can't remember if I sent you the trailer or if I just told you about it. But as soon as I was watching the trailer, I was like, wow, this seems like something Kyle might like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a stacked cast, a lot of... A lot of people who sh- look like they showed up to play. 
um, you know, it's good old fashioned gangster thriller. Uh, looks like a good time. Uh, I would definitely watch this. Um, and it's interesting to see a was it Henry Golding uh, getting getting another big role in like a, a big ensemble. He's getting a push. I'm not sure how successful just yet. Who? Um, he's the he's the male lead from Crazy Rich Asians. Uh-uh. Um, didn't watch it. You're, you're gonna see a lot more of him, Kyle. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch Crazy um, Rich Asians, but I, I believe you. Well, I'm sure I'm sure your girlfriend will make you watch some of his movies at some point because he that's his realm. <laughs> we, we've come to we've come to terms with we're not gonna have each other watch the movies that the other one watches all the time. <laughs> Well, he did that that Netflix movie with Amelia Clark nope. thing. Mm-mm. Nope, nah. can't do it. She's watched that. Nope. She's watched. She she. If I mentioned his name, she's like, yeah, I've seen all of his movies. So she she's very well versed in him for sure. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Oh, by the way, those past two releases we talked about are on 4K. Yeah. So you can get very 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 clear, handsome Will Smith in 4K. Um. Beside that, we have a, uh, I want to say this is a Shout Factory release, uh, The Curse of the Werewolf. Cool cover, but there's like yeah. zero chance that I'm going to watch this. It, I can't imagine this is any good. I, it, Based on the font and based on the color palette, without doing any research, I'm going to say it's a Hammer film. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, Oliver Reed uh, oh. is the... He, is the lead in it which i'm wrong that's kind of cool i might be watching this because i, <laughs> I <love> know oliver <laughs> man i know you were a fan man, you got me there fucker <laughs> <laughs> man man did not see that coming we have 30 rock the complete mm, series this is great um, i know you're a fan oh i love i love 30 rock uh it, i need to watch it it yeah. it's a well-written show it's silly at times but the comedy writing in it is just it's tight top notch uh Al- alec baldwin is fucking he makes the show honestly like tina fey's funny obviously she's very funny all the supporting cast that they have is great but alec baldwin that's it i think it might be his career best is that show i don't doubt it for a second um we have a re-release of Fatal Attraction. Never saw um, that. Is that Michael Douglas fucking people? Uh, Glenn Close, I believe. Oh. Uh, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but hmm. I kind of like I kind of miss that actually. Uh, like in the late '80s and early '90s, we had our erotic thrillers. Yeah, right. Um, it was Michael Douglas fucking people. That was basically it was. Basic Instinct and Fatal Attraction, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he basically bookended the genre. <laughs> like, Could you um, imagine if they made Basic Instinct now, like that same film now with the nudity and the sex scenes? Like, whoo. Ooh. Um, I, I don't know if you could. <laughs> like, I think difficult. that would end. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to find a release platform for that. We were way raunchier on the main, like, un, like on big releases. Like, that, that's a, that was probably in theaters, like, but we're showing full frontal everything no, several I mean, times. Basic Instinct has some flipping and some flopping. Yeah. There is some physics at work in, in Basic Instinct. People are fucking <laughs> in that movie. And there, there's People, a theater. <laughs> there is no love made in that movie. It's no. Straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, bring, bring back the erotic thriller. Bring I will back. show up for that. Bring <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then a couple a couple of movies down here, though, we have a release that is near and dear to my heart. Um, one that I'm still fucking waiting for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I saw, I was very fortunate to see this film in the theater, in an empty theater with my girlfriend. Uh, Ip Man 4, the finale from 2019. 
in 4K. Mm. Uh, as far as uh, quality sequels go, this is this just barely justifies its existence. Um, if not for the finale with Scott Adkins, um, it would just be not very good. Um, although I sent you a piece of music from this movie that I I maintain is like one of the best climax musics, like right up there with the finale of Jaws, where it's just like in terms of like home run via soundtrack, like it's it's up there. It's pretty mm. fucking amazing. But yeah, I'm a I'm a huge mark for martial arts films and the Eat Mon series in particular. Uh, I pre-ordered this about a month ago, and I'm still fucking waiting for it. So I'm, I'm a little irritated, although I guess I'm fortunate that, like I said, I did get to see it already. So it's it's waiting for me to take a second look at it. Um, but Kyle, would you ever, I mean ever, take a look at the rest of the Ipmon series, or are you just done? I was waiting for you to finish talking to say that I'm never going to watch another one of those movies. <laughs> God damn it! That's why I kept talking because I sensed that that was coming. I was like, if I keep talking, he'll he won't he won't shit all over it. No, no, I'm not gonna I'm not going back to those. Sorry. Damn it. Um, well, something for you then. Uh, we have another Criterion release. Mm, this uh, is the, the, this is actually you know this one? yeah. This is the Cremator 1969. This is one that I've actually had on my list for a while. Um, I did not realize it was a Criterion film, but this is a film that I do want to see. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a little dark, which is why I haven't. I also haven't been able to find it on a platform. Like I, I just haven't been able to locate it. Um, it's a Czechoslovakian man who loves working as a cremator at his crematorium. Uh, begins to take the advice of an old war buddy concerning the importance of his German heritage and the issue of his uh, half Jewish wife. I believe you told me about this one, or somebody in our office uh, told me about this one. I'm like, whoa, this. It's, it has a very dark premise, but it had my uh, it had my attention because I kind of I like as you know I like dark movies and uh, sometimes I like to be I like to be made uncomfortable and this seems like one of those movies. Well, I mean, it's a Criterion release. It's from 1969. That was a very uh, turbulent year in the world of cinema. That was a time of transitions. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was genuinely pretty heavy, like like penetratingly so. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on down here, we have a movie that I have heard is absolute garbage. Um, the Turning from 2020. Uh, oh, it looks... McKen Mackenzie Davis and that Finn Wolf... Oh, fuck uh, that kid. Wolfhard? Is, it, is he from Stranger Things? Yes. Oh, God, I can't stand that kid. Yeah, he got he got stretched the fuck out, man. <laughs> like, puberty is wrecking him. <laughs> That's what made that, that last season... Um, that's what made that last season so atrocious was these kids are going through puberty and it's fucking just somebody forgot to mention like hey teenage boys going through puberty disgusting the last thing i want to see is like screechy voice dudes who i know yeah. are <laughs> yeah, with their fucking yeah. facial hair that hasn't grown in yet and you can just you can smell like i can tell he fucking stinks i can just look at him uh. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. That last that last season of Stranger Things really bummed me out. Uh, I was like, "This isn't good anymore." You've you've lost me. Sorry. The first two seasons were great. Well, before all the virus business, as far as I understand, they were uh, fast tracking that fourth season. Like they put out a teaser for that almost immediately. Get rid of it. Um, actually, <laughs> interesting. Um, Tiger King, the the Joe Exotic story, uh, actually beat out viewership. Uh, the the second season of Stranger Things might have been the biggest thing, like the biggest thing Netflix had going on ever. It was just like everybody's super excited. Tiger King already beat the viewership of that. That's how fucking awesome Tiger King is. 
Well, Tiger King has a fucking global quarantine it's, backing it. That's also <laughs> true. No, I honestly don't think <laughs> that's that That's not matters. fair, Kyle. <laughs> I honestly don't even think that would matter. I think people will be watching it just the same because it's compelling. Pe- podcasters need to shut the fuck up about Tiger King. <laughs> I'm so goddamn tired of hearing about it. <laughs> uh, that's one you'll probably never watch, I'm guessing. No. You know why? Because I've had to hear about it on every fucking podcast, regardless of what subject they cover. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to sports podcasts that won't shut the fuck up about Tiger King. <laughs> they have nothing else to talk about. They're, exactly. I was actually listening. I was at work and sports were done. They had ESPN radio because that's what they just play in there. And these two guys, like these group of guys were talking about what's a better movie. Um, it was The Devil's Advocate. And then it was some other legal, it was some other kind of legal drama. And this one guy's like, Devil's Advocate's fucking great, man. It's one of Pacino's best performances. And I'm just like, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, can't remember what the other legal drama was, but I'm like, my God, this guy's an idiot. So, yo, man, that Lincoln Lawyer's the best. It's yeah. The best movie. It's the best. He, <laughs> Lincoln Lawyer definitely came up as one of the <laughs> of other Of course movies. it did. I can't remember. It's on the same tier as The oh, Devil's Advocate. It might have even been like A Few Good Men or something, which is leaps and bounds way better than both of those movies. Um, oh, The Fucking Firm, bro. Maybe The Firm. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I can't remember what the other one was, but anyway, yeah. Um, what else we got here? Ultraman X. I'm guessing you're going to talk about that. No, I got nothing to say about that. That's oh, wow. after my time. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, Alistair Sim. Uh, are you familiar with Alistair Sim at all? I Educate me. So he is in one of the earliest film renditions of uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, he's in the version that I watched as a child, uh, and it is terrifying. And I don't know if he... I think he's supposed to be kind of a comedic actor. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but the film itself, the way it's shot and like the special effects at the time, it's a fucking scary movie. Um, one I would highly recommend you check out um, around Christmas time because I, I still actually enjoy going back because it's it's really eerie for a Christmas Carol. And there's so many different kinds of like you can watch the Muppets Christmas Carol, which is just delightful. Uh, Scrooge, which is that. I actually just watched Ghost of Girlfriends Past. I actually thought it was pretty fun. It's it's <laughs> it's a fun little movie. I I definitely laughed during it. Um, it's problematic for sure. Like he he's not a good person in that movie. But that's what Scrooge is supposed to be. He's supposed to be a piece of shit, all right. And he has to <laughs> he has to you know make his journey to being a better person. But yeah, Alistair Sim. I kind of want to check out a couple more of his movies because I mean he's playing Scrooge, which is fine. But I'd like to see some of his other stuff. Kind of like uh, what's his, who's Ben Kenobi. Uh, Fucking oh, Alec Guinness. Guinness, yeah. I kind of want to check out some of his older stuff. Yeah, uh, this does look to be a package of four comedies um, from 1947 to hmm. 1960. Alistair Sims, School for Laughter. Hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the Oswald Cobblepot <laughs> School of Driving. <laughs> um, beside that, though, we have a appears to be Russian or potentially Ukrainian film hmm. um, from Arrow. Why don't you just die? And I, I, I'm sorry, I need to read the description of this, uh, the back of the box. Um, Andre, a detective and the world's most horrible father, brings together a terrible group of people in his apartment. His resentful actress daughter, an angry thug, and a cheated cop. Each of them has a reason to want revenge. Um, it could be fun. <laughs> Maybe. Give you a th- looks like, thousand looks like dollars. a dark comedy. Give you a thousand dollars if you can get any of those. 
uh, names right, and you don't get to do Michael Gore. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Vitaly Kaev, Alexander Kuznetsov, <laughs> Evgenia Kregsjid. Evgenia Kregsjid. Evgenia, dude fire. Dude fighter. Ki- Kirill Sokolov is the director. Yeah, wow. Uh, you just have to frown when you speak, Kyle. It's a trick. It, it, that is um, actually true, yes. <laughs> it helps. Um, moving on, though, uh, I don't know what this is, but the cover jumps out at me. Blood and Flesh, mm-hmm. the real life and ghastly death of Al Adamson. It looks like if uh, it looks like the wolf version of uh, Jack Nicholson. Or, like or a, Jeff or, Bridges. Or if, <laughs> if Jeff Bridges was Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yeah, I think you got it right on the nose. Um, Maverick indie filmmaker Al Adamson's real life was even even crazier than one of the 30-plus sex and schlock drive-in movies he made in the 60s and 70s. Hmm. Uh, could be fun. That could be fun. Uh, yeah, it uh, uh, seems like a documentary. Uh, I would like to know more about that side of the filmmaking world. Um, uh, moving on down, though, uh, we have more Ultraman X. Um the uh, reason why Kyle pointed out Ultraman X is that I'm actually a mark for uh, Tokusatsu and, and uh, Ultraman in particular, but I like the old stuff. This is from 2015, 2016, and I I am so far out of the game, I can't keep up. <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm actually going to confess something to you. Uh, I, I do have... Um, I don't usually get jacked up for uh, Blu-ray releases and stuff like that. Uh, I don't keep it in my calendar or anything. But I do actually have one for July 7th. Um, War of the Worlds is coming to the Criterion Collection, and that is one that I will be buying. Um, Come and See, I think, comes out in June also. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want to buy that one, but I might get my subscription back to watch it because you got to be in the mood to watch it, and I just never found the right time. But yeah, I know that was one that you has been on your list for a while in your head. Yeah, I like. I really enjoyed War of the Worlds. That's, I mean, Forbidden Planet's really good. I mean, it's it's neck and neck. I like Forbidden Planet more, but War of the Worlds, the original, is a lot of fun. Very nice. Um, I think uh, Jaws comes to 4K in in July, as far mm-hmm. as I know, June or July. I'm buying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I already own it on Blu-ray, but fuck, I'm buying that. Um. April 28th, though, yeah. uh, we have a Criterion release to kick things off. Ooh. And is this one that you will upgrade to? Kyle? Yes, I will be upgrading to that. Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Ray Fiennes, uh, of course, um, uh, what's his fucking name? I can't even think of the director's name right now. Uh, Elvira's. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Elvira's bust. Uh, <laughs> a couple <laughs> movies over distracted me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I. I I love this movie, and it always gets me in the feelies each time I watch it. Just great to look at all around. I love it. Oh, it's a gorgeous film. Um, Kyle actually purchased this one for me on the Blu-ray, so I have it on my shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the only Wes Anderson movie I own, and I've only seen a couple of his movies, but it is a handsome-ass movie. (laughs) He has a new one coming out with Bill Murray that I will for sure be seeing. Probably, I might even buy that one, too, just to be safe. I can't remember the title of that one, but yeah, a trailer came out for it a little while ago. Um, uh, beside that, we have Just One of the Guys from 1985, um, probably on Blu-ray for the first time. Uh, I've, I think I saw this in the same way I saw 16 Candles, um, minus the boobs, so why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> 
because I know for a fact there is one scene because that's that's like the big reveal is or I mean the story's about a, a teenage girl posing as a guy. Hmm. Sure enough, hey, what are those doing there? <laughs> is it like, a titty comedy? Uh, uh kinda. Okay. Yeah, it's it's along the same lines. Um, yeah, I barely remember it. It's kind of similar to uh, see no evil, hear no evil for me, where it's like I only remember that there's boobs in it. And then there's there's a movie. It's a Gene Wilder. Oh, Richard Pryor. Oh, um, I was. I thinking. saw that movie at like three in the morning. I was like drawing with my head down, and I kept looking up every once in a while because I was like, "Hey, it's Willy Wonka. <laughs> hey, it's that funny guy with the afro." And then I look up, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's all of that woman." I you said uh, see no evil, hear no evil, see no evil. I'm like the Kane movie the Kane movie <laughs> which i saw in the theater with uh, my buddies when that came out yeah I, I mean as as much of a wrestling fan as i am i actually haven't seen Sino Evil i i remember it not it it wasn't bad like it it wasn't terrible i remember that and like it, it's mostly jump scares and he is menacing as a as a figure like if you've never seen Kane without his makeup on or without his mask on pretty terrifying uh, just now he's like a politician <laughs> what the fuck is with those dudes stay out of politics <laughs> no like seriously he became i don't know if he became like a senator or something just below that but he actually ran for office and i think he succeeded <laughs> yeah um wasn't his weapon of choice in that movie like a chain or like a hook or something it was a chain with a hook yeah Okay. Put your hands together. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, that's that's something that you can bring to the table for mm-hmm. a slasher movie. It's like a unique weapon. Um, but I don't know what this Malabimba is it, from 1979. It kind of looks... Uh, it, I was going to say, it looks Italian. Uh, it is. Um, <laughs> it, wow. Okay, so I'm going to read the description. After the matriarch of one rich, influential, aristocratic Caroline family dies... Her nearly bankrupt family decides to hold a seance in their decrepit castle and contact her spirit. Unfortunately, they contact us to the malicious and possibly demonic spirit of her evil, hedonistic, and decadent late cousin, Lucrezia, that... This is the fucking longest... This is like an LSAT question. (laughs) After assaulting and messing a bit with those present at the summoning, ends up possessing the dead woman's virginal teenage daughter, Bimba. Bimba suddenly becomes overtly sexual and starts acting out in a completely unhinged, aggressive, and sexually provocative manner in front of her family and their guests, all while brutally insulting them. It sounds like all the juicy parts of The Exorcist. She tries to satisfy her confusing demonic urges with masturbation, but quickly moves on to seducing those around her. Wow. Yeah, the, the cinematic world was obsessed with Satan in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, like, I, don't, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I know there was a big movement here in the States. Um, like, there was a deep fear of satanism oh yeah demons and stuff like in the 70s um so not surprised that this would try to cash in on that by the way did you see the man in the smoking jacket at the bottom of this page <laughs> he is quite spectacular <laughs> did not see him uh if you just scroll down from the description he, he's quite striking um but um, oh <laughs> <laughs> now you see him <laughs> okay yeah. Um, beside Malabimba, though, we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, an Arrow release from 1988. I saw half of this movie and I had a grand old time with it. Is she like um, a Mari? Is she like a um, oh, what's his face, uh, Boris Karloff kind of anthology hostess kind of thing? 
Not quite. Um, horror hosts or horror hostesses um, were have been a thing since like the 1950s. Yeah. Like Vampirella was like the big one. Um, Vincent Price. Vampira, Vampira and like Vincent Price. And then uh, Gremlins 2 had the parody of it in the form of uh, Grandpa Munster, mm-hmm. who I think in real life actually did act as a horror host on TV. Um, but yeah, Elvira is just the successor to all that, to Vampira and whatnot. And uh, yeah, uh, this movie is fun. <laughs> like it, it's 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 a heavy metal horror movie. It, it's filled with sight gags and kitschy, campy horror on pr- and comedy. I'm sorry. On uh, Prime, there's like a cable access show that it. I might have sent it. I might have sent it to you before. It's like this. It's like they host um, like old old horror movies. Um, basically, they're like comp. Like uh, what is it? Where they're it's like songs and stuff like that. It's just like public public domain. Oh, pub- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's all the films that they cover, and it's like public access, and they're all dressed up in their horror gear, and they're like, "Yeah, man, we're getting back to." Uh, I think they did Gamera at one point. Uh, I mean, Mystery Science Theater made made all of their success off of off of Gamera. Gotcha. Like back in the day, like that was some of their best episodes. Was like the old Gamera movies. So it's it's like a rite of passage. <laughs> this, sh- this show, I'm not sure if it's still going on. I gotta find the name. It's a very complicated name, uh, but. I appreciate that. I I don't really want to sit there like it has like where it would be like a commercial break if it was being shown on TV. They cut back to the guys in the studio in their Halloween costumes talking about the film. I I like that idea in a show, but I'm not actually going to watch it. <laughs> well, I was about to ask, have, did you watch Mystery Science Theater at all? I didn't. I only I only heard about it when it was like revamped, like when they have what they have now. Oh, on the Netflix. Yeah, um, I've never heard of it. Check it out. Like you can find some of the old episodes on YouTube. Um, it's great. Really? It's it's a fantastic format. Those guys were brilliant. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a Mike guy. I know there are <laughs> a lot of Joel fans out there, but I'm a Mike. Um, <laughs> it's, um, by the way, you confirmed that you you have a Shutter account. Yes. Um, <laughs> have you ever watched uh, Joe Bob Briggs's program on there? No. Check it out for me. Um, please, because I TNT Monster Vision, which he hosted back in the day, uh, that was that was great. Like that's how I got to see all the all the crazy shit I grew up with. Was like all like the thing I think I saw uh, through Joe Bob Briggs and maybe maybe uh, the Cronenberg Fly movie. Um, but yeah, he has a show on Shutter now, and it, it something uh, drive in. Uh, I I think that's great that they brought him. They brought him back to the fore because he's he's a great personality in the world of horror horror historians. I guess you'd want to call him. Is it Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Yes. Okay. There's there's no other re- version of this. I know it was Mystery Science Theater, and then the revamp was three thousand or something. Like no, that. no, it's all three thousand. Okay. I... Okay. So the yes, the show I was describing was kind of similar to this, but not as. Not as elaborate. It was very, very much like two dudes in a basement doing the show. Um, <laughs> Five, four, three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say two or one. Um, yeah. yeah. So do you, I, this actually caught the the like a little piece of this. I was getting ready to watch. So. How stoked are you for Psycho Gorman? I know I sent you that that um, that trailer. I cannot wait for that movie to come out. Uh, but I watched uh, Satanic Panic. I don't know if you've seen oh. anything about it on Shutter or for for it on Shutter. It's a Shutter exclusive. Um, it was a fun time. It was kind of a it was a horror comedy. And it was it was very watchable. I enjoyed it. Denise Richards and one of the con one of the 
O'Connor, what, what, the the fat kid from Stand By Me, Jerry O'Connor. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, he's in it, and basically, virgin sacrifice, uh, Satan worshiper kind of thing. But it, it was fun. But I was uh, getting ready to start it, and I hit Shutter TV. It's just whatever's live, and this was on, and I caught a little piece of it. So is it is it worth my time? Because I mean, it's definitely on uh, Shutter right uh, now. Which one would that be? I think it's this one, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, I mean, it's a it's more of a comedy. It's not a horror movie at all. Gotcha. Um, and it's very, very, very campy. Okay. Um, so, so if I you're in the mood campy. for '60s Batman, then that's the right mood to be. In. <laughs> Nothing is campier than '60s Batman. I mean, honestly, it's Nothing. hard to think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, beside Elvira's bust, though, we have uh, Deadline, 1984. Uh, this look. is a Vinegar Syndrome release. Um, they're like a a boutique publisher. Um, they don't put out many releases, but they're generally held in very high regard. Um, this appears to be uh, like maybe a, a psychological thriller of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, striking cover art. Um, beside that, we also have Olivia, which is an even more striking cover um, from 1983, also Vinegar Syndrome. And I guess to wrap up the Vinegar Syndrome trilogy for this week, um, April 28th, uh, Forgotten Gialli, uh, Volume 1. So this would probably be lesser Giallo films. Mm, that's not um, what you collected. want. Yeah, no, it's like, just go for the goods. Man. Go for the goods, man. <laughs> just hit, hit the hot spots. But trust me, hit the hot spots with Giallo. Uh, there's about five good Dario Argento movies, uh, two Bava dad, two Bava son, and that's about it. Uh, you can pretty much <laughs> skip everything else. Um, on the same tier, uh, we have The Lost Continent on uh, Blu-ray, maybe for the first time, from Shout Factory. Uh, this is a movie that I saw when I was pretty young, and I barely remember it, but I remember it conceptually. It's really awesome. Hmm. So it's it's like, think like the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle <laughs> or something, uh-huh. except for um, the, the land mass, like there's an atoll or something, but in actuality, it's not land. It's man-eating seaweed Ooh. Um, that ships run aground on, and then there's like... Uh, people across all periods of time living there because they they ran aground and continued to survive to some extent or became cannibals or whatnot so it's like this this weird place where you can't walk on the ground because the ground eats you um and there's people from different time periods intermingling with each other so it's really fascinating i don't think it's actually as good as i'm making it sound but on a conceptual level i maybe do for a remake (laughs) Um, we have the wind. Yes, I was going to talk about that one. Please. So yeah, this is uh, this is this is an Arrow release. Uh, it has Meg Foster. Does that name mean anything to you? Those eyes, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. She's yeah. She's in a. I think I want to say she was in a They Live and a Leviathan. Mm-hmm. But her her eyes are special effects unto themselves yeah she she very she masters of the universe uh lords of salem which i just watched she kind of jumped on the, the the rob zombie uh the rob zombie train um she is in overlord did you ever watch that by the way i did oh god it's one of the most disappointing movies i've seen in a while it might be the most dis- besides zombie land 2 it might be one of the most disappointing things i've ever seen very important distinction it's not the worst like it's not an awful movie it's just disappointing yeah let's be fair yeah to me it makes it so much worse that i had high hopes and they just were not met what like in no way it's not a bad movie no don't get me wrong it's just very disappointing uh yes uh this one looked like uh this actually looks pretty cool uh this uh 
the wind. It's pretty simple. A novelist is stalked by a psychopath one storming night. So, I mean, it kind of might have like a stranger's feel to it. Uh, I'm sure it's worth my time. I might, I don't know if I'll buy it. I don't think I'll buy it, but it's definitely one I would check out. And I love the cover well, I mean, too. Yeah, I was about to say, man, packaging goes a long way. And holy shit, this is a gorgeous mm-hmm. cover. It is really good. Oh, big time. Uh, we, guns akimbo so this would be uh, mr radcliffe making a second appearance this month i think this is one of it like um of his now recent movies i think this is supposed to be a pretty decent one i couldn't tell um i was getting a bad vibe from the trailer um it was making me think of shoot 'em up and uh mm. like hardcore henry oh, and no, no, it no, just no, no. it was just making me think of like maybe maybe a early, like a first time director or somebody trying to like put their own spin on an action movie and make mm-hmm. things too cute or gotcha. too clever like Joss Whedon kind of dialogue or something and interesting concept though it's like about a reality show or something where it's it turn it basically transposes the running man onto your everyday life and uh, he wakes up with guns grafted to his hands and he's he's a phoebe he's not a very uh, physical man mm-hmm. i mean just look at him he's he's skin and bones yeah um, so it's like an incompetent action hero trying to win this violent contest. I watched five minutes of Shoot 'Em Up and then stopped as soon as I saw the carrot. I'm like, done. Not watching this. Um, no, I'm 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 confusing this with uh, Elijah Wood's most recent uh, recent film. I think it's like Come to Daddy or something. It's got a yeah. very yeah. I've heard that that's that one's worth the time. Yeah, I heard that's very good actually. Um, despite the the cover art with the with this mustache and, and, uh, and the strange title. I've actually heard it's he look, a very good movie. He looks like the guy from VIY, Spirit of Evil. <laughs> He's got the same oh, really? haircut and mustache, yeah. <laughs> um, the McPherson so, tape. What is the McPherson tape? I don't know. Uh, oh, UFO abduction. Oh, that could be fun. Like for found footage. Sometimes they get me with the, the found footage. Mm. Uh, interesting they they kind of like name drop uh close encounters of the third kind here on the cover mm. they they i think it's just promotional stuff like Probably. they're just trying to market it, the this movie that looks very very difficult to market even though it was um, shot really weird i was super stoned when i saw it in the theater and it really blew me away because it was like scary when you're stoned is the fourth kind uh it, it's it's shot very strangely and it's like a it's a movie they're like reenacting documentary footage it's fake documentary footage so if you're stoned and know nothing about the movie you're like oh fuck this is some scary shit and then you find out years later like oh that was fake oh man what a bummer it was still fun still a fun movie there's uh there's a movie called fire in the sky that i've Mm -hmm. always wanted to see but uh i uh, some of the comic books that me and my brother had when when we were young um had advertisements for it um, and it just it just seemed really cool, and I've heard um, the abduction sequence in it is pretty terrifying if you're if you're young, I guess. Who um, um, who's the lady that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman plant who threatens to kill in uh, one of the Mission Impossible's? He's like, I'm gonna find her, I'm gonna hurt her. She's in the Americans. I can't think of her name. Felicity, uh, I think. Uh, oh well, he does kill her. He does, yes. But <laughs> um, but the one he uh, Michelle Monaghan is the one he's gonna. It's kill. a different one, sorry. The one he kills. Um, oh, it's Felicity. Felicity, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she um, uh, she's in an alien movie. I can't remember what it's called. Dark skies, maybe or something like that. It was pretty solid too, man. I I have to admit, I I like a good alien, a good alien horror movie. <laughs> good. 
Uh, so moving on, um, we have Mortal Kombat Legends, mm-hmm. Scorpion's Revenge in 4K. <laughs> okay. So, so Warner Brothers, as far as I understand, um, they have a working relationship with uh, NetherRealm Studios, who's been making Mortal Kombat since the ninth game. Um, and Warner Brothers also owns an animation company. So for promotional synergy, I'm guessing they took some people off of their uh, DC Comics animation and were just like, hey, you, make a Mortal Kombat movie. And they're like, okay, sure. Make it violent. Yes, sir. <laughs> Got it. Um, I haven't heard anything about this for the most part. Uh, it could be fun, but it's not anything I would pay any money to watch. Um, and if it's on the same tier as uh, the straight-to-video Warner Brothers animated products... It's probably not going to be gorgeous. Um, mm. Their their animation is solid, but not mind blowing by any means. Um, what else we got here? We have a whole bunch of re-releases of much older films. Um, we have a, a Rupon movie, Rupon the Third, The Last Job from 2010. Uh, as far as I understand, they've made several movies since then. So that is a that's like a Friday the Thirteenth title. It's like final chapter, my <laughs> ass. <laughs> final final chapter was number four, man. <laughs> like you can't do that. Um, what else we got though? Uh, man, slim pickings here. Mm-hmm. Whole bunch of anime. Uh, oh, uh, this is actually something I wanted to bring up. Um, in in conversation with anyone, it may as well be you. Uh, I've noticed uh, since the virus stuff started to go down. Um. MOD is an acronym that you're starting to see now when it comes to movie releases. Um, manufactured on demand. Um, so this uh, Chasing the Dragon 2, uh, Wild Wild Bunch, and uh, Unstoppable, oh, which also happens to feature uh, the lead, um, not the lead actor, but one of the actors from uh, Flu, uh, Ma Dong Sok or uh, Don Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the, the traitor guy uh, from the camp in, in Flu. Um, and uh, Lion Walker 2, Invisible Spy. All three of these movies are distributed by WellGo, um, which specialize in Asian, like Chinese, Japanese, Korean movies. Um, long story short, I've started to notice since the virus stuff has started to go down, um, instead of doing like straight up Blu-ray releases, they're doing MOD releases. As in, if you order it from us, we'll, we'll send you a physical copy, but we ain't, we ain't manufacturing this stuff unless unless you order it direct Mm. um and going forward i'm not going to be surprised at all if uh, other studios follow suit Hmm. um so this is potentially alarming news for for fans of physical media where it's like you know production costs might go up your movies might start to get much more expensive and your collecting habit you might have to start curbing it (laughs) (laughs) um but all of those movies are movies I would watch, except for Lion Walker 2. I could not give two shits about that. Uh, Chasing the Dragon 1 was... They got me with Donnie Yen. I knew it wasn't going to be good. Uh, it, You know, it's like Scarface, but in, in Kowloon City with a crippled Donnie Yen. Mm. As in, we only got him for half a movie to do action scenes, and then the rest of the movie he gets to walk around with a cane. It's not very good. And Unstoppable, though, I actually have pre-ordered. I'm getting this day one, <laughs> hopefully. Um husky korean man running down hallways punching people through walls fuck yes <laughs> um but to end my rant here but boy from 2019 um i sent a good friend of mine uh, he knows who he is a uh, the trailer for this a few months ago 
Um, his wife was very upset with me. She was like, don't encourage him. He's interested now. <laughs> like he wants to see this butt boy and I think it looks terrible. <laughs> so I got an angry text from her. Um, I just, I just watched a video review for this that gave it a nine out of 10. Wow. Um, and when I watched the trailer for it and I read the concept for it, I was like a little bit chilled. I was like, I think I actually need to see this movie because it actually puts me on edge just a little bit. Like it makes me uncomfortable. And like you said, sometimes, you know, that's exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, uh, some of the cinematography and the lighting did remind me a little bit of uh, Like Me, which is not mm, a good thing. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, Butt Boy. Uh, I might end up renting this or something because uh, mm. it's it's been on it's been on my watch list for a couple months now, and uh, I didn't know it was coming out uh, this month. Yeah, you sent me the trailer for it. I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's called Butt Boy, and it's kind of a strange trailer it doesn't exactly spell it out to you what 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 the fuck this is <laughs> um i like i said i think i'm gonna watch it though <laughs> i don't know what that says about me um but yeah kyle anything else that jumps out to you no not for the rest of the month that's pretty much it yeah uh well um anything that you think you might spend some money on mm, i i'm not in a place right now where i can spend any money on physical media um, the wind. I think I've found the movie. I think I'm gonna watch the wind. I'm definitely gonna buy the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, the Criterion release of it. Uh, it seems more fancy that way. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it probably will have special features too. And it, it's a movie that I watch once a year easily. So usually around Christmas time, I find it to be a very good Christmas time movie. Um, the Cremator. I don't know if that's necessarily a purchase. It doesn't seem like a kind of movie I'd want to revisit. I do kind of want to see The Curse of the Werewolf, though, now that I found out that it is uh, uh, Oliver Reed. I'm actually going to put that on my list now. Um, and I'm going to put The Wind on there. But yeah, this was actually better. I think this was better than last month because I don't think I had anything last month that looked good. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good month um, as far as physical releases go. Um, like I said, I already have Unstoppable uh, ordered via MOD, mm-hmm. <laughs> so manufactured on demand. Hopefully I get that um, in a timely fashion. Uh, it's due out the end of the month. Um, I've had Ipmon 4 pre-ordered for a solid month now. <laughs> Still haven't gotten it. Kind of bummed about that. Um, I will rent both The Gentleman and Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, I think I will I'm too. Not, yeah, uh, we, we should coordinate on that maybe. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily do a show on it, but you know. I, I think, we, I could, think we could bust something out for Bad Boys for Life, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we can but, review yeah, that. I, I want I want to hear what you have to say about that. Um, I I still say you may want to check out the Golem, maybe not pay good money for it, but it seems like you know you're a you're a student of film. You like old <laughs> shit. I like old <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, I absolutely will rent Underwater. Um, in fact, I might do that this week. Um, Gundam X, fuck. <laughs> I, I I hear it's not good. There's a reason why the studio cut its fucking head off before it finished. But I like some of the designs, and I did. I do have some very good memories of a. Uh, we had a anime club in middle school mm-hmm. that somebody actually had bootleg VHSs of this particular series, and I only got to see like the first five episodes of it, and I've always kind of wanted to see more of it. Um, and then uh, VFW, I might rent that also. 
Um, and like I said, I've already seen Little Women. And if I have to, if I have to, I will watch Cats. With <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it for the month of April 2020. Um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.